And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty is on the air now. Welcome back to Seven Fifty-Five is Real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer at the Athletic. I'm one of co-host Eric O'Flaherty. What's up, Eric? What's up, Dave? Not much, man. Just. Uh, Come back from a hell of a road trip for the, by the Braves. Had a day off yesterday. Now ready to dive into a uh, into a homestand in which the Braves should uh, really clean up against what St. Louis and Pittsburgh. Yeah, St. Louis and Pittsburgh, and that should put them in position to clinch uh, during the Philly series, which is a four gamer in three days. Starts off with a doubleheader to make up an earlier rainout. So. But hell of a trip, man. We talked about this before the yeah. trip, how hard it was to go west. I mean, it's been like that for years and years. As long as I can remember with the Braves, they always struggled out west. So to go yeah. out there, I remember one road trip with Freddie was manager. They had a winless West Coast trip. Uh, to go oh out God. and win series, all three of them, San Francisco, Colorado, and L.A. And the L.A. was as impressive as I've ever seen them play at Dodger Stadium. They won the first three and clearly were the better team than the Dodgers. Uh, and the Dodgers were the hottest team in the league coming in and probably the hottest team in baseball coming in, them in Seattle. So to do what they did against them, I thought it was really impressive. The Dodgers had lost like one of their previous 14 home games. They lost three in a row to the Braves. Yeah, I, I thought the whole series was going to be like that first game. And I thought it'd probably yeah. be a split, you know, I mean, yeah, just kind of like too. a playoff preview, but they really took charge. They did. Um, the Dodgers, they had won 20. 22 out of 26 games coming in. I mean, and Mookie Betts, player of the month in August, was just phenomenal August. They controlled him. He went hitless in the second and third games, had the two homers in game one after Acuna hit the early grand slam. So you thought, mm-hmm. okay, this whole series is set up to be this one-on-one battle between these guys yeah. for MVP. Uh, like you said, probably be a split. Didn't work out like that. And I thought Acuna, I thought Acuna took control of the MVP race. I know Betts yeah. is still real, well ahead in war, but F war is down to 0.9 now instead of it was 1.3, I think, uh, a week ago. And now, so Acuna is within, uh, he's, he, he could, he could, uh, haul in. He could, he could catch him before the year's over in F war. And even if he doesn't, if it's just like two tenths or something, close. Yeah. right. That's a big difference between 1.3 war and like two tenths of one. Yeah. That's, I mean, if it's, if it's, one and a half or something like that. I think it's kind of hard to argue with, you know, as far as stats go and and people put a lot of value in war, but if they're close, then I think a lot more people just use their eye test and look at some other things. You know, it's not going to be the only factor, but it's a big one. And a lot of people watched that series and saw Acuna. I mean, I'm playing him. I mean, not the best played poorly or anything, but Acuna it just impacts the game. Every time he comes to bat, you're like, okay, yeah. what's he going to do here, you know? I mean, he homered in each of the first three series of the game, man. 
I mean, yeah. of the, uh, yeah, I the think first you gotta, three games of the series. God. I think you got to watch that and then watching it in a big series. You know, that series isn't yeah. everything, but both teams know what they're – they're filling each other out there, and that series means something. So to watch a guy in a big series just – it was come out and do – take charge. You know, like that ball he hit to center, 121. Oh, my God. That was – the guys were talking about that two days later. Yeah. That's unbelievable. It's like uh, I asked I asked uh, Arcia about that ball the next day. And when Arcia had the big homer in the 10th inning – or no, it was mm-hmm. the same night. Arcia had the 10th inning night, homer yeah. to win it. And I asked Arcia about Acuna's homer. And, you know, Arcia uses a translator. And I asked him, what would you think of Acuna's homer? He didn't need the translator. He goes, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. And somebody asked yeah. him, could you hit 122, 121? He goes, me? No chance. No chance. Yeah. It was well, ridiculous. I, I heard some people – you know, some people kind of questioned it if the if that's accurate or not. And, you know, if maybe if Arcia hit one 121, you'd have to be like, all right, they got to recalibrate the machines. But when Acuna hits balls 114, 115 routinely – right. And the ball, the way that ball carried dead center line oh, drive was, and made Dodger field ridiculous. look small. It's like there, there's no doubt he could do that. And it he exploded did. off the bat. Even in that loud stadium, you could hear it in a press box. It was just crushed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Mookie Betts said, I don't think, I think as people don't understand about him, is how hard he hits the ball all the time. Every time. Yep. I mean, a Mookie hits the ball, squares him up as much as anybody except Acuna, you know? Acuna's just another level, man. He hits routinely hits balls 110 miles an hour. That on the other team, if a guy hits one 110, it's like, whoa, you know? Yeah. Hey, that's well, he that's his routine. Yeah, some of the swings he takes are swings you'd see a guy hit a ball 95 to 100 miles an hour. Yeah. And they look like it. You know, like when he stays inside a fastball down the middle and shoots it to right? Yeah. I'll look it up sometimes because I'm catching on to how hard he hits the ball, but I'll go look it up on Baseball Savant or something, and I'll be expecting – I bet he hit that ball 100-plus, you know, because right. I'm trying not to be deceived by the swing. And then you look it up, and it's 111. You know, it's like he hits the ball with the same swings other guys take 10 miles an hour harder, which turns into like 40 or 50 feet when it's in the air. I mean, just to put it in perspective, it was the third hardest hit homer of the stat cast there, the sixth hardest hit ball – that started in 2015. That's eight years. The only two yeah. home runs hit harder were by Stanton, <laughs> Giancarlo Stanton, and they were both tenths of of. They were both in the 121s as well. In other words, they were Stanton's like got to have 70 pounds on him. 70 pounds, and they were less than one mile an hour harder. So that I yeah. basically, if you round, there were rounding error difference. A rounding. Yeah. I mean. And Stanton has him by about 50 pounds. Judge has him by like 70, 75 pounds. Judge, with all those home runs he hit last year, never hit one as hard as Acuna hit in that ball, that ball that yeah. Acuna hit. Judge has never hit one that hard in the StatCast era. I mean, he's 6'7", 280 pounds. Yeah. 275. It's, it's, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's and wild it, what he gets out of his body. I asked him and, and Acuna, I asked him, how do you, what's the secret? And he, and he just, uh, he really didn't have. <laughs> he didn't, he there isn't he a secret. <laughs> he was born with that. That's not something. He was I don't touched care by God, man. Yep. He's <laughs> touched by God. And that's, that's what they just, say. This guy's just touched by God. You can't train to be that. No, no. To have those wrists, to have those hips, to have that. No. Um, I would say pound for pound, he's probably 
if the only guy that's probably pound for pound stronger, maybe pound, maybe two guys would be Ozzy and Altuve, maybe just because they're yeah. so much lighter than Acuna. Yeah, because Acuna's smaller than most sluggers. He's like two hundred pounds, but those guys are like you know one seventy because yep. they're five foot five, five foot six. <laughs> yeah, five foot yeah. seven. I think Ozzy's listed as, but yeah, he's it's nuts. Know. I was anyway. explaining to a buddy. Um, I was telling him they were just asking because hanging out with some buddies and they saw that ball and they're like, how does he do that? Or what is it about it? Like what makes him different? And I tried to, I tried to say, you know, it's like a world-class sprinter. Okay. Right. They, that's how fast they can run. Well, this right. is how fast he can rotate. You know, like his gift is not, I mean, he's fast as shit, but as far yeah. as when you think about world-class speed, he's a world-class, probably one of the best rotators on earth. Like his ability to just turn his hips and all that fast twitch he has yeah. It's just, I mean, it's world-class. Like, no, it's something you can't work for and nobody else has. And Adam, Altuve is not that tall. He's list, None of these guys are as tall as they're listed at. Uh, Ozzy's not as tall as he's listed, and Altuve is not 5'8". He's about 5'6". <laughs> yeah. Just so yeah. you know. Um, the uh, you, you were talking about the, It's funny, you were talking about the world-class speed analogy. It's funny because you see somebody on a baseball field or a football field and you think, oh, my God, that's the fastest guy I've ever seen, you know. But when you put them on a, on a track with Usain Bolt, they're they not the smart. same. There's a little <laughs> yeah. difference. Yeah. Even as fast as they are. Now, there's some exceptions, yeah. obviously, some guys that went from track to football or vice versa. But track guys yeah. at their peak training for track can blow away anybody in the, in the, in the NFL. They can be, yeah. you know, yeah. anybody. Anybody. It, it, yeah. So, and that's him rotating. You know, like he's just, if you compared it, it's too hard to see. You know, like when you see a guy running down a field that's so much faster than everybody, it's so obvious. It's hard to see with that rotation. So, your only real, you know, ability to measure it is, is the, the bat speed and how hard he hits the ball. Yeah. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. And the way I think even more than, or as impressive as what he does with stuff like that is, he doesn't just do it in the game against Pittsburgh against some fourth starter. He, gets he does it on the, the big biggest game. stage. Yeah. And that's even it. more rare is these guys yeah. that do their best on the biggest stage when everybody's focused on him. That game in Colorado, I don't want to turn the page on that this soon. The, the game he had where the, where, the, where the two fans ran on the field. Yeah. You remember what he did after that? He got another stolen base and home, I think another home run after, or another double after that. That most guys would be so rattled by that moment. Some guys would ask to be taken out, or the manager would feel like I need to take him out of the game. Yeah. He's not even phased. The guy knocked him he on his butt. He was off balance. The guy knocked him on his like ass, that. and he got up laughing yep. and continues doing what he's doing and has that five RBI, three extra base hit game, two stolen. I mean, he, he's not normal, man. But nothing about him is normal. No, he he wants it. Yeah, like there's guys that when the lights shine the brightest, they're like, they don't want to mess up. He's like, this is my chance. I've been, he's been waiting all year for a series that big. He's probably been hearing the chatter about MVP and he's like, watch this. Watch what I do now. And it, that it's not an easy mindset to have, but some guys are so freaking good that they're just playing a game. And all he has to do is lock in that little bit extra and he'll do something you've never seen before. Uh, fuck Bill Gates. PH, uck, Bill Gates. Says Acuna is Mickey Mantle reincarnate without the drinking, of course. Um, 
I think that's fair. I think it's also he's Roberto Clemente incarnate because of the arm. Hank Aaron early in his career when he was a, people people don't think don't remember or don't even know that Hank Aaron was a Gold Glove outfielder early in his career before he put on weight. Yeah. You know, um, but look, watch films of Roberto Clemente, and he's so much like that, and he's similar size too. That's about how big Roberto Clemente yeah. was. Yeah, but that's you're talking about three, four Willie Mays. Willie Mays was not a big guy. He was ripped. He was shredded even more than Acuna. He was Acuna's yeah. not shredded like Willie Mays. You see him without a shirt. That dude was yeah. shredded, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But about the same size and the fast switch. So you're talking about those are the guys, the comps, really. And I know those are all-time greats. But if Acuna stays healthy, there's no reason yeah. for me to think he can't be an all-time great. He's yeah. that talented. Willie mm-hmm. Mays, Roberto Clemente, Hank Aaron, that talented. <laughs> well, you're yeah. watching greatness, folks. I've done this for 30 years, and he's the most talented player I've ever covered or ever seen in person. Yeah, he really is. That, that's why we have to talk about it so much. <laughs> yes, yeah. I mean, in 30 years, you haven't seen anybody like this, right? And I don't want to look back in 20 years and go, "I should have understood what I was watching." No, I understand what I'm watching. Yeah, but the more I you understand. watch. Yeah, right. the more you watch, the more impressive it is to see a I, guy do this. I still put Chipper as the best player only because longevity did it. You got to do it a little longer than this. I mean, yeah. God forbid something could happen to Acuna, but Acuna is on the on the path to be better. Yeah, to be better than Chipper. Yeah, and and he's obviously the the arm and all that, and, and the speed puts him at it. And Chipper was really fast early on, but not. But Acuna's got that speed, and Chipper had the ACL early, and great base runner, but now the raw speed that Acuna has. Yeah, but anyway, it's uh, it's something to watch, and that was just another that whole road trip, you know, especially Colorado and L.A. He was on display and head to head with Mookie. You saw it; he just steps up, homers in three straight games. So it's uh, it's something else, man. It, it, it's fun to watch. Um, this homestand, the big news today. We're well, not big news. We expected this. They had to get a starter for tonight because they keep giving their starters extra rest. They weren't going to bring Strider back on four days. They're not doing that with these guys. And I think it's smart, too. Um, they are going to make sure or do whatever they can to make sure that these guys are healthy and that they're not at career highs and in innings and all that before the postseason even begins. So if they can get an extra day or two of rest, they're doing it. So they bring up Soroka today. And Soroka will start tonight in the series opener against St. Louis. Uh, I'll be interested to see it because it's been a while since he's been up here. And he had a couple of good starts. Then a couple of bad ones for when he got sent down. And um, and the guys that they've been bringing up this year have really answered the bell. It's amazing how many starters they've used and how more often than not, especially as Schuster's gotten more experience, how well they've pitched. Winans pitched really well in his games. Yeah, Vines pitched great in his game when he came up at Colorado in his debut at Coors Field. So it'll be interesting to see what Soroka come, does when he comes up. He's, he's pitched really well in uh, AAA lately. and. Uh, you know, he's got plenty to pitch for, man. Got plenty to, uh, yeah. you know, he's trying to win. A, he's trying to make an impression for next year and make sure the Braves keep him this offseason. He'll be R eligible again. And as it stands now, they'll have two years of control on him because he's not going to get to five years. Uh, if Unless he were to stay the rest of the season up on the roster. And I don't think that'll happen. I think he'll get option. And they'll keep doing this plug him in thing. Bring a fresh arm up for the bullpen and bring another guy to start, you know, in his place. Well, I'd love to see him. Uh, get to finish the year in a way that makes it all worth it, you know, because he's been through so much. It'd be great if he just goes out and deals 
and then gets to stay or come back up and play some role in the playoffs and, you know, cruise into next year riding a high. You know, I mean, that'd be that'd be so awesome for him. And he's capable of doing it. It's just I think I keep thinking of this as like his year that Acuna had last year. Yeah. Where, you know, you get your doubters, but you're still finding yourself again. And he's changed his mechanics. And then I'm just waiting for that moment when everything clicks. He has his big moment. And I don't think he'll look back. Eric, let's hear from today's sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. We can't um, overstate what he's come back from, you know, yeah. being basically away for almost three years. I mean, I know he made a couple few rehab starts last year, but away from the majors for almost three years and to come back from something that no pitcher has ever come back from. And the only other player that's come back from it is Jake Berger, who's having a yeah. really good year for the White Sox. Those are the only two guys that have done this that have come back from a twice-torn Achilles. So just to see him doing this, uh, what he's done so far is impressive, uh, you know, because he's had to change so much. And he did the whole thing, as he described it when he was on the podcast, the whole thing with altering his mechanics to avoid putting the stress back on it because he felt the Achilles tightening up once again. And he said, I got to do something to, to, to ease that. So he had to alter his mechanics and, you know, spend a yeah. month out there in Utah doing working at a, at a lab to do that. So he wants it so bad, obviously, to go through what he's done instead of just hanging it up, you know, and moving on and being a coach somewhere. So. Um, no. it's got to be hard, man, to keep persevering down in the minor leagues, trying desperately to get back, especially when you were so good as a rookie, yeah. an all-star. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's easy to forget. Three. Yeah. He was the next great Braves, big three type guy. Yeah. You know, long before, I mean, even before freed, you know, Soroka was going to be that next guy and freed has kind of become that guy. Yeah. You know? And you look at the time he missed. Yeah. It's hard to miss two months. You know, it's hard to get a late start on a season. Like we expected Max to kind of go through that lull he did, came out hot and then kind of struggled a little. And now he pitched that game at Dodger Stadium and looked amazing. But I mean, it, it takes it takes a month or so to get your feet under you when you just miss part of a season. He's missed three years, not to mention his body's different now and he's trying to throw with different yeah. mechanics. But I mean, you just have to. And I do. I believe in his work ethic and how smart he is and that will to to figure it out and keep freaking working. Um it just, for me, it'd make me so happy to see him get rewarded for all this. You know, I mean, it's one of yeah. those stories that just when guys do this and push through it, you know, as a player that struggled, I know how hard it is. And if he gets rewarded from it, it'll be all worth it. I've seen enough already to know that he can be at least a good four or five star, yeah. if not something better. He didn't want to be that, though. Right. He does. <laughs> he wants to be he a one. Because he was yeah. on path to be a one, an all-star one, yeah. a perennial ace. Mm -hmm. But I've seen enough to believe that. 
But you're right. He's like 30, 40 pounds heavier than he was when he was a, a rookie all-star. Um, yeah. So that's a lot of pressure on that Achilles. That's a lot, you know, the, move, the whole delivery and everything is different. But it's natural size. He's grown into yeah. this body, and he's worked out so hard. I mean, he's in better shape probably than he was then. He's just yeah. a big guy, big bone, yeah. big guy, tall. Yeah. So, um, and I and also I would I'd have my doubts if he couldn't like field his position or he couldn't come off the, without awkwardly, you know, or apprehensively. And I haven't seen that at all. So, I think he's gotten past those mental hurdles. That's a big deal. So we'll see. It's uh, I think he's shown enough for the Braves to this offseason. I think they'll, they'll avoid Arb and probably sign him because he wants to be here too. They've stuck with him. He's stuck with them. I know it's frustrating for him to get sent down again. But if he looks at it, he probably already has. But if he looks at it without a jaundiced eye or without an impartial view, he's got to acknowledge those other guys pitched as well as he did or better. Yeah. I mean, they all deserve it. And he's got to know what the Braves have been doing with this shuffling in, using the five ups and downs they can use with these guys to give their other main guys extra rest. It's all part of the whole thing they're doing. Unfortunately, he hasn't shown enough to be one of those main guys. You know, instead, he's one of those guys that gets cycled in and out while they have options. Next year, he won't have options. They can't do that with him next year. if they That's bring huge. Back. Because I think if he did have options, he'd have a decision to make. Because there's things that happen in his situation where a team may not want to pay you as much as Arb's going to command. Right. And and they'll try to work out a deal before you know before that point comes where they're like you, I can't imagine they do it non tender him but you can kind of get threatened and offered you know say you're making three they can offer two and be like you know we got a job for you but this is what we think you're worth and then you have a, a decision to make and in his position doing what he's done all year is not fun or you no. could look at a lot of organizations that would say hey we'll give you this guaranteed money and you're going to be in our rotation you're going to be our number three or four and you can work your way up to a one. Uh, not having options though changes a lot because if they keep him, that means he's going to get to pitch mm-hmm. and he's going to have some stability. You know, I mean, it's it's hard going up and down, and it's hard it, it, knowing if you have a bad start, you might be sent back down. Like that's an extra pressure that t- nobody really thrives with. Um, right. So I could see it going a lot of ways, but not having options is huge because that gives him he gets to be that guy they can't send down next year. We we know how Alex feels about him. I know people yeah. might think otherwise because they've been sent sent up and down so many times. But Alex, if nothing else, has shown that he does not let personal feelings stand in the way of business mm-hmm. ever. Freddie Freeman, Dansby yeah. Swanson, two of his favorite guys. When it comes down to, to negotiating, he does not let it get in the way, man. And that's to his credit because in his position, he cannot let well, – I've seen some GMs that let that – let being a good guy that they really like stand in the way of a of a better business decision, and he hey, doesn't I, do that. I stuck a few free years out of that. <laughs> you know, I had a few years where it, the writing was on the wall, and they still gave me a chance. But and he doesn't do that. But I think mm-hmm. he's not making so much money that to me the Braves have invested so much time and money in yeah. his rehab. You know, and he vice versa with them. But the loyalty has been two ways so yeah. far. I mean, they could have easily let him go after the second. Paid him his money to rehab, and but released him when he was coming back from the second Achilles, and they kept yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. Not knowing, not having any idea, because it's unprecedented to come back from that. So I think they've stuck with him so long, it'd be hard to, for me to see them letting him go over a million-dollar difference. But, you know, because yeah. depth is Alex's big thing. And he's if, if nothing else, he's depth. 
Yeah, you know? but he doesn't want. To, I wouldn't want to be depth. <laughs> no, I don't think he wants yeah. that at all. But if you're the yeah. Braves looking at it, if say it cost him three million, you know, yeah, he's worth that. I think because there's a oh, good every chance. Penny. There's always a chance he could be a middle of the rotation guy next year if he makes. He any could be worth fifteen. <laughs> yeah, you could pay him three, and he's worth fifteen next right. year. Right. I mean, a good four number four or five starter is worth ten million in the majors now. Yeah. If not more on the on the free agent market, more on the free agent market. So anyway, yeah, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. But I think they'll I think they'll keep him, and I think he wants to be here at least one more year before he, while he's out of yeah. options. And then if in spring training it's obvious he's not going to make the team because it'll be one of those uh, arbitration deals, and it won't be guaranteed. So yeah. they'll at least do that, yeah. you know, because they can always release him if they wanted to, and he and he can go somewhere where he got a better chance to make a team. So that's what I see how I see it playing out. But, I just love to see him pitch so well that it's not even a discussion. Exactly. Exactly. Because yeah. what he would bring to with his experience, his perseverance, is what he's been through. It's kind of like what Charlie has been through. It's yeah. just a wealth of knowledge and and, uh, yeah. and uh, optimism for other guys when they hear the story about what a guy's been through and then they see him doing it now. You know, yeah. I mean, when these young guys that are struggling right now to to get their feet, to get uh, established, when they hear what Charlie, how long it took Charlie – some of these guys are three or four years younger than Charlie was before he ever established himself in the big leagues. I mean, he wasn't a good pitcher until he was almost 30. Yeah. You know, late 20s. Yeah, and that's important to see. And, and he so tells them. It's important to see that. And he's so self-effacing and so modest that he'll tell them exactly, you know, I was not good. He'll tell them why he wasn't good, you know. So that I think that just that that's so important. Um even if Charlie wasn't getting it done on the mound, he's worth the twenty million he's there paying him. But he is getting it done on the mound, you know. Yeah. That was the other thing. He had a he came out after four innings, his shortest start of the year the other day, and it was Sunday. That he had a terrific August. If you look at his August numbers, he was a player of the a pitcher of the month candidate. Peralta got it because he was terrific. He was under sub two ERA and all. That. But Charlie's numbers in August were terrific. Strikes, yeah. strikeouts to walk ratio, innings, everything, ERA. Um, I, I won't be surprised at all if Charlie wants to pitch again, if they bring him back on that $20 million option. To me, he's still worth it. I mean, there's no reason to think he can't do what he's doing this year again next year, you know, depending on what's out there. But you're not going to get that on the free agent market for $20 million. You're not going to get that pitcher like him, what he's doing right not now. Not his potential on a one-year deal, you know. Yeah. I mean, I think you got to just uh, – you got to assume that one of these isn't going to work out. But when if it keeps working out, just keep doing it. And until it doesn't, and when it does, you're like, okay, we spent twenty million, it's not worth it, and but but it was worth it coming up to this, and we got our money's worth out of him, yeah. You know? And there's and the yeah. lessons he's learned, he's taught the guys along the way, have been invaluable. And I'm not just saying that because he's great to talk to, and I like him. You know, I'm saying, no, just he's look good. at the numbers. Look at the numbers. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. numbers, analytics, the velo, the spin rate is still elite. Top handful of the best uh, spin rates, top three probably in the major still. I haven't looked lately. But and there's no reason to think it's not slowing down. So, mm -hmm. and then you're going to get to the postseason, and nobody in the majors has well, I don't think has more experience in the major leagues in a postseason than him. With maybe Scherzer, Verlander, I'm not sure. But uh, uh, Charlie's postseason pedigree is as good as it gets. So yeah, he he made a great point the other day. He was talking about the Dodgers. These guys had really good perspective on beating them three out of four. By the way. They had, it was like, a. I think they had discussed among themselves, okay, we won the series, we won three straight, let's don't say anything, because they're going to ask us, was a message sent? Yeah. Let's make sure we don't give the Dodgers any bulletin board material by saying, yeah, I think they got the message loud and clear, because they were all, 
No. They were all just, you know what? We played a great series. Let's leave it at that. He goes, each one of the guys that had been there before said the postseason and the regular season are two different things. They're independent of each other, as Olsen put it. Because they were there last year. They saw Philly that won 88 yeah. games, I think, during the regular season. And they got hot at the right time, beat the Braves when the Braves had a couple of guys hurt or injured, pitchers coming off injuries. Phillies beat them and go all the way to the World Series. Look, and then as as Charlie said, look at us in twenty one. Yeah, the Braves did the same thing. So it's not all about the the team that had the best regular season and won the most games or had the most impressive whatever. It's who's hot and healthy at the right yeah. time. So the Braves are have seen it enough to know, and they got that message sent out there afterwards that now we're not going to they they didn't take the bait. None of them did. Snit, yeah. Olson. Charlie, they all had the same message. No, I'd leave it at that. We had a better series. We played great. That's a great team over there. Charlie said, the last three teams I've played for have played the Dodgers in the postseason. It's the same thing with the Dodgers. They're professional. They grind. They're going to be good in the postseason. But Houston, Tampa, and the Braves, he's been on, played the Dodgers in the postseason. Well, I think, though, there is some value in showing them what they're getting into like that. You know, I think they do a really good job as a player. You're not going to, you're not going to say that, but just looking from the outside in, if I'm a Dodgers pitcher and we're about to play the Braves, yeah, I know what I'm, I know I got my hands full. You, yeah, you, I know that at any moment they can put up a five spot and it's one thing to watch it from afar and know it's a really good team. You go into the series and you're like, I want to see how good these guys are. You just showed them. So they know before the series starts when they match up with you and every team in baseball knows, but yeah. seeing it firsthand Watching a ball go 450 at 121, watching Max locked in, you know, for the hitters. Like, you know, you better bring it when you face this team. And just showing them that, I think there's a lot of value in it. It's not like they didn't know, but getting that firsthand taste is a big deal. Yeah, I think the Braves sent the message by winning the series and the season series for the first time in a long time. They hadn't won a four-game series in Dodger Stadium since 2009. So whether they say they sent a message or not, they did. I mean – the yeah. Dodgers know where they are too, and let's not for, let's not uh, downplay uh, what the significance of Urias being charged with a very serious domestic violence, a felony offense. Uh, I didn't even see that. Oh, Urias got charged with domestic violence over the weekend, second time in like four years, felony. So he's not on the trip, and if he's wow. if he does if this if this is proven, if he did it, he won't be on the roster. He won't be in the postseason. That's a big blow for them because they can't afford to lose another pitcher. I still like their pitching. If Walker Bueller gets back, he pitched great on his rehab assignment the other day on the first start, I think it was. But that's kind of like Kyle Wright. When they've been out this long, you can't really count on them. And unlike Kyle Wright, the Braves don't have to count on Kyle Wright. The Braves have enough pitching depth that if Kyle doesn't make it back, the Dodgers are going to have to count on Walker Bueller if they lose Urias. Now, they still got – Kershaw and Bobby Miller, who's a rookie, but is pitching great. He's good. That Sunday game against the Braves, uh, people are like, ah, oh, the Braves, why do they why don't they play well on Sundays again? Blah, they're two and seven the last night or whatever. That was about Bobby Miller. That wasn't about the Braves not playing well. You know? Yeah. It's almost, you're, it's almost impossible to sweep a team four games, even a mediocre team, much less the hottest team in baseball. You know. They had lost four yeah. of the previous 26 games, home and road. Game and three. you're going to talk about yeah. going in and beating them four in a row? Yeah. Bobby Miller pitched his ass off. I mean, he pitched great. That's a that's a, an elite arm. That's easy yeah. 99. So, 
So I like them, Kershaw, Bobby Miller, and Walker Bueller if he makes it back. But the fall off after that, you're talking about two guys with ERAs of five after that if you're really sitting in there. Yeah, and you're facing them. I mean, if you face them, it's going to be in a seven-game series. The Braves' pitching depth is so much better than the Dodgers. It really is. I think the Braves have the best pitching depth in baseball. Phillies have got good, got a really good pitching, and they're playing great now again. Uh, that series Seattle's next pretty week. Good. Seattle got great pitching. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, in the other league, definitely. Uh, Houston doesn't have what they had before. The Rangers bullpen is a disaster, and it's going to keep them from going. If they make the postseason, I think they lose probably in the first round. Their post, their 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 bullpen is atrocious. I mean, they don't have a is closer. It? Their ERA, yeah. their bullpen ERA. And like this stretcher on now is like nine. I mean, it's terrible. So yeah, they're and that apart. that that shows its head in the postseason big time. Yeah, you know, I mean, you win your regular season games, especially with a good offense. You just blow enough teams out, but that doesn't happen much in the postseason. Yeah, you're gonna have to have those three or four guys that you can count on. Bullpens have won World Series recently. If you look at Kansas the Braves, City. the Rockies, Kansas City, they had those three, four guys that you get to the sixth inning and it's over. You know, yep. and the Braves had that in 21 with those three guys. I don't know that they have three guys that'll be as unhittable as they had that, but they got a lot more depth than they did in 21. They got six that are pretty damn tough. Yeah, pretty damn tough. Yeah. And Iglesias right now is elite. He just won reliever of the month for August. Didn't give up a run in August. He's, I mean, he's every, you couldn't tell if, if the camera zoomed in on him, you couldn't tell it was 15 to one yeah. or one zero with the bases loaded and no outs. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. He's 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 a closer. He's got a closer's mentality, and now you now now he looks like he's worth sixteen million a year. When they got yeah. him, you're like, really? You know. Then he pitched great in that in the setup role, and then you know he misses the first month this year. And initially, you're like, oh, this contract ain't looking too good when he first came back, and now he looks like that guy. Yeah, you don't see too many three pitch closers. Exactly that change you up. Know, is, it's change ups so dirty. It's not. It's not even, you know, it's only like five or six lower than his fastball, but he could put it wherever he wants. He could throw it in any count. Then he's got a breaking ball, and he can dial his fastball up to 98, 97, 98 when he needs to. He'll sit 94 to 96, and then you'll see it. When he when he has this, like a one-two fastball or something, he wants to blow somebody away, he adds three. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no Closers don't pitch like that anymore. They come out the gates, and they're, they're maxing out one of their first two pitches. That's the highest below they're going to have today. So it's you don't see to he's old school for me where you don't see a guy come in and just dot up and make pitches and keep a little in the tank and then he gets first and second he needs a strikeout and he dials it up to ninety eight or throws a three two changeup and I think the Pierce Johnson pickup was really big that could potentially be uh, yeah that a difference did, maker did they leave that as an as a hit that ball Ozzy kicked oh I'm not sure. I'm not sure I didn't go yeah. back and look but I was wondering because a lot of times they'll change it if it winds up being earned runs. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, other than that blemish, he's been unbelievable. Guys, let's take a quick break, and then we'll finish up the show. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Fuck Bill Gates again. I'm just saying <laughs> what is, well, that's his handle. I, I don't know how else to pronounce it. It's P-H-U-C-K Gates. <laughs> Fuck Bill Gates says, <laughs> Turner was hitting like he did during the WBC. He is, man. It took a while. He was yeah. having a bad season. But those fans, to their credit, in Philly, who are usually awful to their own guys, they decided one night we're going to cheer for this guy and try to get him turned around. And he's been he's <laughs> and hit great since then. It's yeah, crazy. That's funny. It's There's crazy, been two of those man. moments with those fans the last couple of years yeah. that are just – Bomb and him. <laughs> it makes me like Philly's fans a little more than I used to. They're passionate, man. They are really yeah. passionate, either both directions. So, yeah, they are a problem. Somebody said they're a problem. Um, they are. Uh, they got good. They got really good starters. Got some gas coming out of the pen. They got some. Obviously, uh, Schwarber is on fire again now. I mean, he's all or nothing. But when he gets hot, yeah. You saw what happens when those when their key guys get big hits in the postseason last year, like they did. So when you got Schwarber, Bryce, and now tr- uh, you know Trey hitting like he can, yeah, they're problematic. So this is going to be a big series, man. The Braves got a chance to go in there. Probably going to have a chance to go in there and clinch now that they whittled this thing down to where they did. But the Phillies, on the other hand, if they stay hot, they're the team. If if they keep winning, the Braves can only gain a maximum of one game uh, per per game until they go into Philly, and then then it's head-to-head. So yeah. it'll be interesting. Those are the those are the ones that can really make it up in a hurry, obviously, because this magic number is down to, say, you know, six going in there. Then the Braves can get two with each win. And and clinch the thing on the second day in there if they win the split, yeah. uh, sweep the doubleheader. You know, so I'm just you know going scenarios here, but uh, let's get to that point. And the Braves have a, a, a sh- what should be an easy week against the Cardinals and the Pirates. I mean, anything can happen, but at home, place will be packed. Uh, these are not good teams. The Braves should make hey, they should win six out of the seven, five out of the seven minimum. They should win both series. So. It'll be interesting. Um, I had something else here. I was gonna. Uh, oh, the, uh, going back to the uh, going back to the head to head on Acuna and Betts. Acuna's now got. And, and by the way, Freddie and uh, Olson were almost non-factors in that series. Both of them, Betts and Acuna, put some distance between them and any thought of of uh, Olson and Freddie being. And Olson yeah. has been. 
for the, for the Braves, the good thing was Olsen hit, got off that schneid with the home runs. He went like 80, 81 plate appearances without a homer. And he hits a homer, and he's still tied for the Major League League with Shohei, still leading the National League by several. Yeah. Going 81, that's how hot he was. But that was big seeing him connect, I think, and, and get off that because when he gets going, he cannot. we've seen him, what he can do. Yeah, he can pile up five in a week. Right. He could still get 50, you know. Yeah. He could still get 50 I think this he will. year. So, but I thought I thought Betts and Acuna kind of showed they're the class of this MVP field, and now you're looking at Acuna. He's got 32 homers, 63 stolen bases, 85 RBIs, 123 runs. He leads the majors in steals and runs. He's hitting 335 with a 416 OBP, a 578 slugging from the leadoff spot, 994 OPS. I was talking to Kevin Seitzer about him a few days ago in L.A., and Kevin said, you know, it's so good to see because we didn't know if he'd be back to Ronald. Last year he struggled. We didn't know if he's going to be back to pre-injury Ronald. He goes, and he's not. He's better than pre-injury Ronald. He skipped over the same pre-injury Ronald. He went from last year struggling with the knee, you know, still getting fluid on it, still swelling, just normal stuff that you get coming back playing every day or most almost every day after that type of surgery. And uh, it was normal shit. They told him you're not going to hurt it again playing on it. And sure enough, he didn't. And we're seeing now that it's fully recovered what he's doing. And it's just, you know, what he's doing is just, it's unprecedented what he's doing from the leadoff spot. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's something I've never, I've never watched. A, you know, it's funny too. Cause it's like, not even I Ricky. don't think what, no, I don't think what drives him is, is the money. You know what I mean? No. I think this guy just wants to be the best player in the game, and he loves the attention. He Fun. loves the spotlight. And that's a that's a dangerous combo with his talent. Harris said he loves being the villain in these places because I said, man, yeah. he doesn't take anything off those home run trots. In Dodger Stadium, they're no. booing everything he does along the way. And him and Ozuna's the same way, and neither one of them like subdues it at all. Like, okay, I'll avoid this part of it or that part. No, they do every bit of it. Acuna just revels in it. He can I say, like, feed you know, off it. Yeah. Yeah. Acuna could say, I want everybody to like me in these places. I don't want to do that, but he does it. He, he cares about Atlanta fans loving him. And he, like Barry Bonds once said, they don't boo you if you're not great on the road. Yep. I, you know, I talked in the past about how I never did anything like that because I didn't want that target on my back. Right. The game was so hard for me. I didn't need any added pressure or distractions <laughs> or anybody, you know, shooting for me. Acuna's mindset is like, Come get me. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm the best player it. on this field, yep. and I know it, and you know it, yep. and I don't care if, if, I, if you think I'm acting, you know, I'm acting like it because I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's not afraid to up the ante at all. <laughs> yeah, because he knows he can deliver, you know? Yeah. He's not, he's not afraid about people putting in his face like him going 0 for 8 in the last two games of the series after, you know, Homer and each of the first two. You know, he's not afraid of that. Um, so he could end up. Now that he got those three homers and got back on, you know, path, realistically, he could end up hitting he's hitting 335. He could hit between 35 and 40 homers, 70 to 75 stolen bases, 100 RBIs from the leadoff spot, 140 to 150 runs, and 1,000 OPS. He's only six homers and 14 RBIs behind Betts, and he's got 53 more steals than Betts. He's hitting 335 to Betts 316, though Betts has him in OPS 1,025 to 994. That's pretty close. Yeah. Made up ground this week. Made up a lot of ground. 
and he's nearly a full game better in war. But like we said, it's 7-7 to 6.8 now, whereas before it was like 1.3 or 1.4 war difference between them. Made up a lot of ground in just one week. And Betts was the player of the month with that monster month, and he didn't build any better, any more of a margin than he did, says a lot, because he had a historically good month. Betts did. Yeah, and it took that to get into the conversation. That's how good Ronald's been all year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he did it. He did it with that uh with that with the month that he had. Bets in uh Bets in August had 51 hits, 11 ho- 51 hits, 11 homers, 30 RBIs, 1355 OPS. That's what it took to build that. I mean, that's like uh, the best month of his career like month that hardly anybody ever has. So, yeah, you know, for, for him not to be any further than he is, less than one game war ahead of Ronald right now, you know. And now that the head-to-head, a lot of people are going to remember that head-to-head. I know the four voters that saw it in person will, and I know a lot of people that watched those games because those games got a lot of high uh, viewership. Yeah. You know, that first one, Ronald, is a grand slam, and that's played out on, M- on MLB Network and ESPN all night, you know. So it'll be interesting. Right now, I said, like I did last week, I said, I think Acuna still wins it. I feel even more stronger about that now. I think Acuna wins it. It's going to be close, but I think Acuna wins it if this continues like it is right now. Unless, you know, Betts has another monster month or Acuna falls off. But right now, I think he'd win it. Probably something like that. I think you think if Betts had another month like that, but Acuna got to 40 homers? Betts ain't going to have another month like that. He went... Right. Oh, for seven or eight in the first two week, games of this yeah. month. With I don't know if he had two games like that all of it, August. <laughs> yeah, I just then mean he if, he, if Ronald gets to forty, can anything beat that? Forty seventy-five. I don't. I think if Ronald <laughs> just gets thirty-five seventy-five. Yeah, with yeah. hitting three thirty and OPS and nearly a thousand and scoring nearly a hundred and fifty runs and driving in a hundred. Yeah, I think he wins it. I think you probably right now probably get 20 votes to maybe eight for bets. Maybe, maybe two other, maybe Freddie gets two votes. Maybe yeah. they might end up getting all the votes though. Right now. I don't think, I don't, I don't, I don't think you can, I don't know how you'd vote really for somebody other than, other than that. Uh, One of those two. Now. Yeah. yeah. It might be like, you just being, I think he's being an asshole. 20 like guys do that just to, yeah, just to stand out. Right. Right. Maybe that somebody that just hates both of them. But I don't, even if you don't <laughs> yeah. like the way Acuna plays or you don't like how uh, flamboyant he is, what would you hold against Betts? You know, cause he does not yeah. like that. So yeah, it'd probably be like 22 and eight for those guys or 20 and 10, but it, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe it's closer than I think, but we'll see. It's going to be interesting. Um, Cy Young, I think, uh, I think, Snell and um, I think Strider's got a really good shot. If you look at the, if you look at the wins, but most the strikeouts. I mean, the strikeouts yeah. are going to be the ultimate thing. I think that makes the difference for Strider because the other guy, nobody's running away with it. Nobody's had like a tremendous ERA and tons yeah. of wins. Strider's right there in wins type of the league. Um, Steele had that great game with Chicago, but I think he's still a little bit behind Strider. Uh, Snell's numbers are. Uh, those 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 three are really stand out from everybody else. I think Strider's got a real good shot. You imagine if they win MVP and Cy Young. That's pretty. I mean, that's pretty rare. <laughs> and the best record in the majors. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, I'd go with Strider. 
Yeah, I thought I don't think anybody's really stood out. That's uh, a that's got- hundred more strikeouts than innings pitched. It's crazy, man. It's fucking. It's crazy. Yeah, that's gonna be interesting. Um, Tonkin gives up the home runs, but he has a very good whip. Tonkin has been huge for the Braves this year. Yeah. They are not where they are without Tonkin. He's picked up so much of the slack while Lee was hurt, while other guys were struggling early on when Mentor struggled for like a month or close to it, you know. Uh, Iglesias missed the first month of the season. Everybody in the bullpen has had a month where they were either hurt, struggling, or both. Uh, Chavi has been out all this time. Yeah, Tonkin has been huge. Uh, and, and, and McHugh was not like the, he was last year. Tonkin yeah. really filled that role a lot, the multi-inning role. Yeah. Tonkin has been, you could argue, as valuable as anybody in that pen. I mean, I know he's not the flashy guy, like, or he doesn't have the saves like Iglesias or the huge strikeouts, but Tonkin has been just huge, coming from nowhere, you know, indie ball guy. He's been the magic of this bullpen. Yep, that, that game that Pierce Johnson struggled, I'm pretty sure it was Tonkin came in and, and finished out that inning. He did. With a big strikeout. He did. Those those are moments that if you don't have a guy you can count on that comes in and, and the momentum's already kind of building for a team and you just give up a single there yeah. or a knock and let that team breathe, those that are games place, that can change a whole series, that moment right there. And that place is so loud. And it was at peak mm-hmm. when he came in because they had to make some noise, and they did. So he comes running from the bullpen in that, that cauldron, and gets that. Gets that out. I mean, that was that showed me something right there. This is a guy that was pitching in front of hundreds of people in indie ball, yeah. not long ago. Yeah, those are those moments. Having it, it is though. It's not always your setup man or closer. It's those moments right there are. You know, I mean, the seventh inning can be that biggest moment of the game that changes a whole series. And the, those guys having guys having that depth in your pen, having more and more guys you can pull on. One of them's going to hit and get you out of it. It's it's huge. And then how about uh, how about uh, Dylan Lee? Ed pitching three and a half months in the big leagues. Snit as Snit will do, thrust him into that big situation <laughs> when when Charlie gets two on, none out. Freddie yep. Freeman coming up, and Lee comes in and induces a ground double play, a double play grounder from uh, Freddie. Hadn't pitched in the majors in three and a half months. <laughs> it's wild like that, man. But it, the, the the reward of that is like you come in and get it done there. Yeah, we're back. There's no yeah. there's no like oh, I'm pitching in a six nothing game. I right. think I feel pretty good. And you have two or three games to to find out if you're back. You come in in that moment, and it's like oh, I'm just back in my role. We're ready to go. The next time you can call on him, throw him in a big situation again. And that's uh, that's that's Snit and Cranny and the bullpen coaches knowing what this guy, where he is Who mentally you are. And, yeah. and what he can do physically. And that, because yeah. otherwise you don't put him in there. You, yeah. You're playing with fire there. If you're not sure, sure that he can do it in there and handle it. And a lot that of times guy, as a pitcher, you're not sure. <laughs> and then they throw you into it and you're like, all right, I guess I'm the guy. You I get think it done. He you has pick the, right up where you left off. You talk to that guy and you watch him. He has the air of, he's just oblivious to the situation because he yeah. shows, you talk about showing no emotion. He just looks like he could be coming in throwing a bullpen. I mean, he he yeah. is just oblivious to everything. He's just it doesn't matter, man. The situation that guy never looks fired up. He never looks scared. He's just the same. He just eh, yep. eh, does his thing. I, I personally, you know, I I don't know if you noticed, but when I was with the Braves, there was barely any. It was kind of like that. You yeah. come into a huge, but yeah. that's where I had to be because I had to work so hard 
on myself not to make these situations a big deal. I always tell guys, I'm like, you just got to die inside and have no emotion. Yeah. That's how you get out of big situations. And if you watch when I was with Seattle, my first couple years, every time, I mean, we could be down two runs if I came in first and third and got a strikeout, I'm fist pumping and jumping yeah, yeah. all over the place. But it was because I doubted myself and I didn't know I could do it. And when I got to Atlanta, it was just like, you know what? There's so much out of my control. I'm just going to make pitches. Right. Whatever happens, happens. So it was almost like I checked out mentally. I'd make my pitches, get out of it, and just be like, well, I'm glad that's over, but I'm not getting too high or too low no matter what happens here. And that was the only way I could kind of control the situation in my own head was to pretend I didn't care. Right. You know, because if you let these things build up and you're ready to do your huge fist pump, you get distracted and throw one right down the middle and you suck and blow the game. But if you're able to just stay even keel like that, it's such a good place to be, but yeah. it's so hard to be there. And he is there all the time. Yeah. I mean, you talk yeah. to him, you interview him. It's the same. It's just monotone. Yeah. <laughs> probably I love the best, those guys. Probably the best place to be for some guys. It, for me, it was the only place to be. Yeah. If I, the more I cared, the more I sucked. Craig Kimbrell was a lot like that. He shows some emotion sometimes, but most of the time, it's no emotion. And yeah. if they load the bases with none out, it was still no emotion. No stress yeah. in his face back in when he was at his peak. And he's having a great year again this year. That's a good pickup for them. Yeah, I doubted yeah, good. it. I doubted it, and he's yeah, he's returned to uh, really good form. Not I don't know, not peak form, but pretty close. So, yeah, I mean, he still throws ninety six, and he's yeah. got that curveball. Yeah. All right, big week for the Braves. Can can do a lot to put themselves in position to clinch in Philly, and uh, when they're going head to head with the Phillies, and. Playing great ball, and it was a hell of a trip. Eight and two trip west, won all three series, won three out of four at Dodger Stadium. That's about as that's about as well as you can hope that any trip would go up west, and as good as you can hope against a team like the Dodgers. And I think they showed they're the class. Uh, I think they already had shown, but anybody that was wondering after the Dodgers had that great August and think maybe they're back to being the Dodgers and the Braves are, you know, now the Braves show they're the better team. They're the deeper yeah. team. Far the lineup is is the best I've ever seen. It's yeah. crazy how good it is. They got their two home, two Aussie Albies homers from having five guys with thirty homers would be only the second team to do that. The Twins, the team that they're on pace to beat their home run record, or they were till Sunday. I think it's tied now. The Twins, twenty nineteen, are the only team with five thirty homer guys, and that was a juice ball year. That was yeah. a year. What people don't remember or 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 maybe aren't aware of that. The Twins set the record with 307 homers that year. You know how much the Yankees had? 306. Two, yeah. 306. One fewer. The Yankees did it, too, without all the 30 guys. Look at the Yankees that year. They had, like, 10 guys with 15 or overs or something, like, something crazy. They didn't have, like, three guys, though, with, like, 40. Yeah. I, that was the year Cattell Marte went from 12 to 32 homers. It was a juice ball yeah. year, man. So, it's like, yeah. it's almost like throw it out, you know. But. That's the record, you know, just like Bonds is the record, but th that record can be beaten and the Braves are doing it. So, so much, so funny. The, you know, you're doing crazy things when so many people around baseball fans, fans that is, are convinced you're cheating. Yeah. And then this guy goes, it's so obvious they're cheating. Like, that. it's like, it's so obvious. On the road, you, yeah. You can't tell me how they're the doing it. Yeah, exactly. That's what I wanted to say to the guy. So they found a way to cheat on the road because not even the Astros with the trash can were accused of doing it on the road. 
the Braves did it at Dodgers Stadium. So you think the Dodgers are helped? That they've somehow in, infiltrated the Dodgers yeah. outfield cameras? <laughs> so he said, it's so obvious they're cheating. So obvious, but you can't give me any idea how they're doing it. <laughs> it's the best compliment you can get in baseball. You know, like right. as a player, when people think you're on steroids and right. you're not, that's the best compliment you can get. When you're right. an offense like this, and people think you're cheating. You can't get any bigger compliment. By the way, watch the watch the new Balco uh, thirty for thirty or, or not? 30 I did 30, the thing on HBO. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Anybody that watches that and sees those notations, BB Barry, Barry things, yeah. that still contends that it was never proven. He took you're delusional, or you just love him so much you don't want to you don't want to admit the truth. Just watch well, that. Well, he, he said basically. I didn't give him to him. I just gave him to his trainer. I don't know what the trainer did right. with him. And he had a deal with Barry. Obviously, Barry paid him millions of dollars. Somebody paid Conte millions of dollars. Throw everybody else under the bus if you want to, which he did. Man, I couldn't yeah. believe how much he threw those Olympic sprinters under the bus and other guys. Yeah. And Giambi. And I, but not Barry. Oh, I didn't get. I don't understand that. I, I, yeah, it, I, I know what it I was. was. Like, why not? Right here. Yeah, money. That's what that yeah. was. No yeah. doubt, because he. I'm sorry, that, you don't put on you don't put on forty pounds of mass just working hard when you're forty years old. At that at, at that age, your performance is like he was starting to go on the downslide. He was still the best player, probably overall, but he was starting to, and it goes. <laughs> but the notations, yeah. they were like they didn't even. They were so stupid. They threw the shit away in the garbage cans. It's like BB and Barry, yeah. BLB, Barry Lamar Bonds. <laughs> Anyway, all right. It, that was the most shocking thing was how reckless he was with yes. all that. Yes. You could tell he had no yep. idea they were watching or he, that they could even <laughs> figure that out. That's funny. Yep. And that and that uh, CI, uh, IRS guy, he didn't even hold back. He said there is absolutely no doubt that Barry Bonds was doing it. <laughs> I was like, whoa, yeah. okay. You know why he says that? Yeah. Because to prove it, for Bonds to sue him, he would have to prove he was wrong. And he can't. Yeah. He can't. Yeah. So they could sue him if they could prove he was wrong. They could sue him. Anyway, all right. Which brings us to the title of our show: Seven Fifty Five Israel. And that's it. We'll talk to you guys again later this week. Thanks, everybody. We appreciate it. Mm-hmm.